Okay, new series, except it's not really. Um, it's kind of a continuation from last year, um, so where we were looking at um, having healthy roots in order to have healthy fruits, and we were talking out of John 15, um, where Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper, and he used this analogy all the way sort of through it about him being the vine, us being the branches, and that as we remain in the vine, in him, and he remains in us, that actually we bear fruit, and it'd be fruit that lasts. Um, he makes it super clear, listen, you, you know, you, we can't bear fruit without him, but if we remain in him, then we can. Fruit is promised, you know, fruit actually brings glory to God, um, and it is for all of us. And so we looked at actually where, do you know, so because that's, that is the heart of God and his plan and his purpose, it really matters um, that you and I are intentional and disciplined and devoted to growing and develop a healthy root system. So all the things we looked at um, over last term, but... Listen, having healthy roots is not the goal. That is not an end in itself, okay? Like that, we want to have healthy roots in order to have fruit. So the goal is fruitfulness for all of us. And so kind of the key verse, I suppose, to kind of set things up um, is John 15, verse 16, that says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Listen, this was and is and is always going to be God's plan, okay? You are not only chosen, which is stunning. Each one of us is individually called and chosen by God. That's amazing. But we're not just chosen. We're appointed to bear fruit. Appointed means that it's been pre-planned, predetermined. It's set. The plan and purpose of God was that we'd bear fruit. The Amplified Version of the Bible translates that verse, and that bit of that verse. It says that I have appointed and placed and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit. That's amazing, isn't it? I've appointed and placed and purposely planted you. Like Em said, you know, actually, God really does order our steps. You know, as we commit, like Rob, to say, God, I want to be who you want me to be. I want to do who you want me to do. God has real purpose and plan for us. So not only are we chosen by God, we're placed and purposefully planted. It's not random where you happen to end up. You know, I used to think that for ages. When I came to Manchester 20 years ago, I um, came as a student, applied to lots of universities. Manchester was not where I wanted to come, but it was the only offer I got. Everywhere else rejected me. Um, but do you know what? That was God purposefully planting me where he needed me to be. It wasn't where I thought I needed to be, but it is where I needed to be. Um, there's real purpose where God plants us. And it, I find that so encouraging and affirming. Um, you know, God not only takes great delight in me, but actually he takes really good care of me and really good care with me, like what he does with me, where he places me. But as we're planted in that way, listen, we're going to bear fruit, and it will be fruit that lasts, fruit that keeps going. Um, and so this, this kind of next couple of months, we want to unpack, um, okay, well, what does what being fruitful look like? And we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit that Paul lists in Galatians 5. We're going to look at each one of those things in turn. I'm kind of just going to set the scene this morning, but then we're going to look at each of those things. Okay, what, what does that fruit look like? What is love? What is joy? What is self-control? How do we steward and protect that fruit as it grows in us? Maybe we might think about, you know, what are some of the things that actually might specifically attack that fruit? You know, there's certain pests in the garden, aren't they, that particularly go after certain plants. Or like, actually, there's certain things, um, you know, unforgiveness is really going to eat away at your peace. So how do we, how do we steward and look after the fruit that is going to grow in our lives? Um, and because the thing is, listen, it's good for you and it's good for me 
that we're fruitful. Like fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is for my benefit as much as it's yours. You know, actually, it's really good for me to have more joy and more peace. I'd like more of those things. That, like that's, that's good for me. But actually, it's good for you as well. It's good for my kids that I grow in kindness and gentleness. It's good for, do you see what I mean? Like it, it, as part of healthy family and community, it's good for all of us that we're all getting increasingly fruitful. But as much as we want to really focus in on that passage in Galatians 5, um, you know, I think, I think bearing good fruit is more than just a tick list of have I got those nine things. Uh, it's, not, it's not just that. Because the, the danger is some, you know, some of those things sound a little bit sort of philosophical, bit airy-fairy, love and joy and peace. But, you know, actually the fruit of your life is really tangible. It's really real. It's really practical, I think. Um, you think, okay, it's, and I think it, as much, it's broader. It's more than just those nine things. Actually, the fruit of my life is actually who have I represented Jesus to? Who have I led to Jesus? Who have I been a consistent friend to? You know, actually, where have I invested my time, my energy, my money? And things have changed as a result of it. Actually, the fruit of Rob's life is a PhD. The fruit of his life is going to be business. And we could say, well, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. But it is. that is living a fruitful life. Um, and it, it affects people around me. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It affects people around us. And, and I'm convinced, you know, when Jesus is talking about, actually, I want fruit that remains, is, listen, I want the fruit of my life to go well beyond when I'm done. Okay, I want it to go beyond the 100 years. I'm planning to live till I'm 100, at least. Um, like, I want, I want the fruit of my life to go beyond that. Um, you know, I think about my Emmonized grandparents, think my gramps, and, and think, you know, actually the fruit of his life still affects me to his, his life and his ministry. I remember the last time I saw my gramps before he died, and I knew I was saying goodbye. It was, he'd been really poorly. He'd been in a nursing home for over a year, bed-bound, really frail physically, and, um, and intimately was a bit confused, but then he'd kind of be clarity again. And I remember just as I was going, he said, come on, let's pray, Sarah. He prayed this prayer and he said, God, we come to you in, and I can remember it word for word, I come to you in our weakness and frailty, but never failing to trust in your great faithfulness. And I remember just being like, gosh, you are a giant of a man. You're this fragile little old man in your pajamas, but what a giant. And, you know, his life and ministry that kind of inspires me. And I kind of, when you think about the great cloud of witnesses, I totally think of my granny and gramps. Just like they ran their race well. And the fruit of their life actually still affects me. It goes beyond their days. And, and you, think, you know, think about people you know, your heroes. Think about the great saints. William Wilberforce, son and I were talking about this this week, you know, involved in seeing the abolition of slavery. Actually, that is a very real, tangible fruit that remains, yeah? Actually, but it, it, it was from his place of consistently, I think, tending and stewarding um, actually the goodness of God, which means this slavery has to stop. Actually, the faithfulness of what he knew God was calling him to do, his patience in keeping going. I think what I was looking at, it was 45 years from when he first spoke um, in Parliament about, listen, this has to stop, till actually when it was abolished. And it was all summed up, summed up in this incredible fruit, incredible legacy of his life. Um, and listen, I think that's what fruit that remains is. It's legacy. You know, and I'm increasingly encouraged and, and sort of stirred to say, God, I want to leave a legacy. I don't want to just have the lingo. I don't want to just, like, I really want to leave a legacy. I want Manchester to be different because I was here for a bit. Like, I, I want to... and. Honestly, I think thinking less than that isn't sonship, right? We're sons and daughters who receive an inheritance, but we need to leave a legacy. It's got to be both those two things. 
That, that's what living in sonship is, yeah? I receive an inheritance and I spend that and I leave a legacy and it goes beyond what I could see. Like, you know, it's like ripples that go out and I will probably not see all of it and I'm fine with that. But I really want to leave a legacy. I want a fruit that remains and I feel like that's God's heart for us. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you dive into Galatians 5 and um, we're going to look then. We'll, we're going to start reading at verse 13. Um, so let me read it for you. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. Let's pause there for a second. Listen, we have been set free. Like, you have been called to be free. You know, Christian life is about freedom. And but we've been set free to choose life. We've been set free to remain in Jesus and to be fruitful for him. Not set free to do what we want. Okay? And the boundaries that God clearly sets um, actually are so we remain in freedom. You know, I think sometimes we think it's about restriction. It's not. It's that I would remain in fullness and remain in freedom. Um, it's not restriction. It's fullness. Um, but the, the question is, listen, you have been called to freedom. But what are you going to do with the freedom that Jesus paid such a high price for you to have? I mean, Paul's saying here is, listen, it pretty much gets summed up in loving. Actually, have you learned to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? And have you learned to love your neighbor as yourself? Um, that, that's kind of the deal. That's what, you've been set free to learn to love. And it's about freedom and fullness. And then he goes on in verse 16. So, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So this very much kind of comes back into the thing that we looked at um, at the end of our series um, last term. I'm not going to re repeat all that, but if you weren't around, we looked at... Um, actually what it means for us to be living according to the Spirit, and unpacking what um, Paul says about that in Romans 8. If you weren't around, um, I encourage you, maybe listen back to the podcast, because it, it fits with this. These two passages totally line up for me. Um, but they're both talking about, listen, we have to be real and realistic and acknowledge there is a conflict between the flesh and the Spirit. And when we looked at it last year, we said, listen, the flesh doesn't just mean you know, rebellious sin, Actually, it can mean anything in, that isn't yet awakened and fully redeemed and filled with the things of God. It can be my human reasoning. It can be what I'm comfortable with. It, it's anything that isn't the fullness of God. But yes, it includes sin. And in this passage, very much that word flesh, Paul is definitely, as you'll see the results of it, is talking about sinful things. Um, but listen, there's a conflict. And remember, we've been set free to live according to the Spirit. Okay? Um, so I would encourage you, have a listen back at that and have a look through, again, the first few um, verses of Romans 8. So he's saying, listen, there's a conflict. You've got to recognize there's a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Um, and the, the fruit of living, either one of these two ways, either according to, you know, led by and feeding the flesh, this is going to give you one sort of fruit, or living according to the spirit is going to give some others. Um, they're fairly different. So he lives, gives these two lists um, from verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So two lists. Not take a genius to recognize which list we want to be in, right? That first list is ugly. Um, it's not where we want to be. Um, but when we are being led by and following the Spirit, um, there's going to be this beautiful fruit that develops in our lives. Um, and this, this, is the, this is the key, is actually what am I living according to? And actually, how am I being led? Like, what am I following? Is it the Spirit? Is it the flesh? In the New Living Translation of this passage, um, it uses the language in verse 19 when it's just setting up this list of the... Um, the fruit of living from the flesh. It says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Like that stuff comes when we're following our sinful nature, that sinful part of our flesh. But remember, you know, you are called, set free and empowered to live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So listen, that first list is not just a list of things that should not be. Those are lists of things, listen, this does not have to be. And that's different. It's like, it's not just that you shouldn't do those things. It's like, you totally don't need to do those things. You are set free to run a million miles and not walk any near any of those things. Um, Because, listen, being a Christian is more than just being filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit as well. And then there's another step, even from that. You know, it's all very well if I'm going on a walk and, you know, and you go on the sort of those muddy walks. And I remember we went, when your kids are little, and then. And you're like, oh, you come to a swamp bit. And it's like, actually, I can lead my kids through that. But they absolutely have a choice whether they're going to follow me onto there's a dry bit here and there's a stone here. Or they can, what they probably most normally do, is stomp through the mud. Listen, it's all very well being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's all very well knowing that actually he wants to lead us. But you have to submit and choose to follow where he's leading. It's not enough just to be filled. You have to commit to follow and then we get this fruit. If we don't, if, we're, if we choose to follow our sinful nature, we're going to end up somewhere we don't want to be. Um, so you have to choose to follow. Because the fruit of the Spirit, all those wonderful things that Paul lists, listen, those things are only going to grow and become mature, which is what lasting fruit is. It's all about maturity. It's only gonna, um, those things are only going to grow if we are both filled with and consistently follow the Holy Spirit. That's why in verse 25, Paul sort of sums up this um, little passage saying, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And like Rob said, it's not good enough to follow the Holy Spirit here and not in your workplace. It's not good enough to follow the Holy Spirit when we're in a time of worship and not follow him with how you deal with your finances. Like it's not good enough. We have to be filled with and follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Like we can't separate out, God's interested in that bit of me, he's not in the other. You know, just like Rob's testimony, actually, it's, that's him choosing to follow the Holy Spirit into a place which he didn't think he was going to go, didn't necessarily feel like he wanted to or was equipped to or comfortable to, but the Holy Spirit's saying, Rob, come this way. The choice is then to, for us to bow the knee and say, okay, I'll follow um, and listen, that's how we remain in Jesus. 
which is how we kicked off you know, last series, is actually the call is that we remain in Jesus, we abide in Jesus, some translations say. And that isn't just an occasional thing. Abiding in Jesus is moment by moment in every part of my life following the lead of the Holy Spirit. That's how I remain in him. Um, and so we have, to, we have to commit to that as a journey. Like, that's the walk, folks. That's the way that fruit develops. Um, it isn't a passive thing. Have you ever heard the analogy, you know, um, in apple tree, have you ever seen an apple tree striving to produce apples? They don't, they just do. I kind of agree with it, but I kind of think it's unhelpful because it paints a bit of a picture that I just kind of float around in Jesus and suddenly I'm faithful. I just, you know, waft around Holy Spirit and oh, all of a sudden I can do self-control. No, it, it paints a picture that there's no effort on my part and I'm uncomfortable with that because I don't think that's what the pages of my Bible tell me. Pages of my Bible tell me it takes 100% of Jesus and 100% of me, and then the promise is fruit. But there is a requirement on, on my part and on your part. You know, abiding isn't actually a passive thing. I just sit here and wait for Jesus to make me faithful. Like, that's not it. It's absolutely we have a part to play. Philippians 2, verses 12 to 13. Um, kind of helps us understand this, this dynamic of, of the fact that, listen, folks, it's a partnership. It's a partnership between me and the Lord working together. So um, let's have a look at that. Philippians 2, verses 12, 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is such a wonderful verse. Let me unpack it a bit for you. Listen, when he, Paul says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, that is directed at you. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, we need to be super clear. You did not work to get saved. Jesus did all the work to get you saved. We're there not by works, we're there by grace, so none of us can boast. Yeah, We didn't work to receive our salvation, but now we are saved. There is some work for you and I to do. That's what we have to be clear. That is what that direction is saying. Continue to work out your salvation, which means what does it look like to be saved and redeemed and chosen by Jesus, to belong to Jesus? What does that look like in your marriage? What does that look like in the workplace? What does that mean in terms of how you do social media? Like work it out. What does being saved mean and look like? So other people, and it's tangible and it's real. It's fruit that can be tasted. Um, You didn't work to get saved, but you absolutely need to work it out now that's our part yeah that's my part in this partnership but then verse 13 it says for it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose I love that first listen so it's not just that God says listen this is the standard this is what I need you to do I need you to live like this I need you to have this kind of fruit and then leave us to it he then works in us so that not just that I'm able to do those things, but actually I want to. That's amazing. That's so empowering. God works this stuff in us, and we work it out. Remember, like Mark's talked about before, it's actually that breathing in and breathing out. You can't just keep breathing in or you'll burst, but equally you can't just breathe out because you'll die. Um, but you have to be the both. And understand, listen, God works this stuff in us. He changes stuff in us. But there has to be a place where the rubber hits the road and I commit to work this stuff out. There has to be. It's partnership. And that's what living according to the Spirit looks like. That's what living led by the Spirit means. 
Let me read you those, so there's two phrases. So we work out our salvation and God works it in us. The Amplified Version translates those little phrases um, brilliantly. It says this, work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it. Bring it to full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity. Honestly, that is the word of the Lord to us as a church family right now. It's time for us to get serious, to grow up, to drop some stuff, to pick some stuff up, actually to really start running after the things of God. We've got to cultivate it, bring it to full effect, and actively pursue spiritual maturity. There is a place for us to take some responsibility, actually be responsible and, and, and grow up into the fullness of God. But then the other phrase, God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you, listen to this, creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. That's amazing. Not only am I able to fill, fill the purpose of God in my life, he actually he's going to help me want to. That's brilliant. Longing to and able to walk in his ways and plans. You know, sometimes I think... Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not. But sometimes I think we can think, you know, actually abiding in Jesus and, and living by the Spirit and walking in holiness and purity is like this lifelong denial of ungodly urges and passions. It's like we have this mad, rabid dog on a lead and we're desperately trying to hold on to it until finally in heaven we can, oh, can let go of that lead. I don't think that's the picture. I really don't. This passage promises me that my desires, my motivations, my perspective is continually being transformed so it lines up with the heart of God. So it isn't just a constant, I have to do all the things I don't want to do and I can never do all the things I want to do. What miserable picture that is. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life in all its fullness. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a place for self-sacrifice. doesn't mean there's not a place for denial and discipline and gritting your teeth and choosing. Of course there is. But that isn't all it is. Actually, he wants to change your heart. So actually, you long to and you're able to walk in his purposes and have fruit. That's amazing. What a beautiful passage. And remember, I know we talk about this a lot and we're not going to stop. It's a process. It's a journey. Growth isn't just instant. You know, if you, you know, an analogy of an apple tree is helpful. It doesn't just suddenly have fully mature, full-grown apples. Fruit grows. It doesn't just appear. And honestly, I think it's the same for us spiritually. Um, so don't berate yourself for small fruit, you know, new fruit, fruit that's actually not adequate just yet. That's okay. Don't berate yourself for it, but equally don't settle for it. Say, well, I have a little bit of faithfulness that sometimes shows up in certain situations as long as there's not this person, that person. Like, don't settle for that, but equally don't hit yourself over the head with it, but just say, actually, that fruit's there, but it needs to grow. That's okay, because it's a journey, and we need to press on to get there. Final thing I want to say. All of the fruit is for all of us, all of the time. Yeah? We need to be aware of seasons, yeah? I don't think it makes any sense to sort of pretend it's not happening, resist things. Of course, there's times and seasons and situations where particular fruit is more challenging to display um, than others. Yes, of course there is. But listen, abiding in him is about... Actually, do you know what? We're, in, we're playing the long game here, folks. Yeah? It, we're, we're in it for the long haul. Um, and so there's going to be seasons where it's challenging, but it absolutely is not good enough for us to say you know, that certain types of fruit are only present in certain situations. We've got to look and commit to all of the fruit of the Spirit growing in all of us 
in every situation, in every life stage, you know, whether that's good, bad, or in between. Okay? It's not good to say, I will develop loads more patience when my children are not toddlers. It's not good enough, right? That's because then they'll be teenagers. Like, that's not that's not good enough. Is it more challenging when you know you're exhausted and like? Yes, it's much harder sometimes to be patient then. Um, but it, it's not good enough to put off that fruit and say, "I'll work." That one can come another day. That, that, I don't think that's right. It's not good enough to say, "Well, you know what? I will start loving them when they start behaving lovingly towards me." That's a hiding to nothing as well. That's not good enough. I'll be faithful with my money and be tithing when I've got more disposable income. No, I encourage you, but honestly, if that's been some of your thinking, start as you mean to go on. Like, we, Phil and I have just, we've always, always, always tithe, and so we don't miss that money. But if we were to, you know, if we hadn't and were to start now, that would take some big adjustment, right? Actually, it's about being faithful with what you've got right now. So I want to encourage you, think about those fruit and think about, okay, which one isn't that well-developed right now? Which one is actually, the, the environment of my life right now is making that fruit actually really quite tricky? Be real about it, but don't put off developing that fruit till when maybe life gets a bit easier and things look different. It's not good enough. Because actually... If you think about it, if, it were, if we were talking about those things, you know, I, I will be more loving when they're more loving. I will be more patient when my kids sort themselves out. I will be more faithful with the tithe when I've got spare cash. Actually, that would make them fruit of your circumstance, not fruit of the spirit. That would be fruit that's determined by what's going on on the outside, not what's going on internally. And they're not. They're fruit of the spirit that come as we abide in Jesus and Jesus abides in us. So they, are, they grow from what's going on internally not externally of course the external isn't has an effect want to be real about it but they're not fruit of your circumstances they're fruit of the spirit um do you know what the other thing is it's not as much as it it, it's not true to say i'll put that one off to another day it's also not not good enough to say um actually that i i really really need to work on this one now and then i can discard it you know we, we can have this idea sometimes that this is the one i need right now and then at some point that will shift so self-control, okay? You're dating, you're engaged. Self-control is challenge, right? Being there. When you're, if you're being led by the flesh, the flesh will say, oh, just jump into bed, don't matter. But actually the spirit is saying, no, hold on, wait. Believe for the purposes of God. Listen, self-control, you don't stop needing it when you get married. It changes. So when you're, maybe you're dating, you're engaged, your flesh is saying, ah, just jump into bed. When you're married, flesh is maybe saying, chuck that saucepan at his head. <laughs> Maybe. I've, I've never thought that. Maybe. But listen, it's different, but I, hey, it's still self-control. So the same fruit looks different in different situations, but we still need it. We still need self-control. Either way, and, and it is, and can you see how it's like, actually, in those situations, your flesh is, is sort of pushing you one way. Um, but the Spirit is calling you another, and it is in those moments, say, I have to choose to follow the Holy Spirit, and then, oh, some self-control grows. And then I need to really carefully protect that self-control, and I need to be sensible and put sensible boundaries in and all the rest of that stuff to protect that self-control. And then in the next situation where there's that challenge, there's that conflict between my flesh is desperately shouting, do this, and the Spirit's saying, come this way, and I choose to follow the Holy Spirit again, and, oh, and that, that fruit gets bigger again. But it's that constant journey of being led by and choosing to follow the Holy Spirit in every area of our life, in every situation and life stage and all the rest of it. That's when the fruit grows and it remains. 
And it doesn't, it's not just an immature fruit that oh, just gets plucked off and we've lost it again. Um, so it's the same fruit and it shows up differently in different seasons because they're not fruits of our situation or circumstance. Listen, the other thing they're not are personality traits, right? Some of you might find patience way easier than others. Sometimes gentleness is, is maybe more naturally part of your wiring than others. And again, that's fine. Like, I recognize that, okay? Gentleness is not my strong point. Kindness, like, be real about it. Some of them may develop more easily for you than others. That's okay. Some of them might be more easy to display in certain situations or with certain people, but it's not a personality trait. So it's not good enough to say, I'm just not a very patient person. You might not be right now, but it's not good enough to settle for that because you're called to display the fruit of patience. Like it, and it can't, it can't be. When, when it says in 2 Corinthians... Um, that we are being transformed from glory to glory. Yeah, you know that passage. I think sometimes we can think it's almost a bit like lily pads, and it's like, well, like, there's this bit of glory over here, and I'll go, and then I'm being over into another one. A better translation is that verse, is that we're being transformed from, into ever-increasing glory. So it's not changing. It's not like, you know, 2011, I was super faithful, and then this year I feel like I'm going to be super gentle. It, it's like all of those things need to get built because we're being transformed increasingly, in ever-increasing measure, into the likeness of Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect model of self-control, of joy, of kindness, of gentleness, of faithfulness. And we are to be transformed to look more and more and more like him. Um, but it's not hopping about, and I'll have you know, focus on this one. It's actually all of those fruits are for all of us, all the time. Because they're not fruit of our circumstance, they're not personality traits, they're fruit of the Spirit. And it's the Spirit in us that makes those things possible. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. And that's why I begin to increasingly look just like Jesus. And I get more gentle. And I get better at self-control. Because I'm being changed from the inside. Jeremiah 17 gives us this beautiful passage. Um, I promise. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Listen, we need to be aware of the external environment we're in, yeah? That we actually, let's be honest, we don't always get to control that. You don't necessarily always get to control who is your boss and what happens. You don't get to control when someone gets sick or finances go wrong. We don't always get to control all of our ex external environment. Um, so be aware of the season you're in. Be aware of the externals. Be aware of your personality but no that stuff doesn't control or limit or define you because we're called to be like these trees that Jeremiah prophesies about that as we trust in God we're sending out our roots by the stream that actually our leaves are always green and we never fail to bear fruit that's a that's an amazing promise this tree verse 8 it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. You know, even when the external environment is drought, entirely unconducive to bearing fruit, those who trust in the Lord, who have their roots in him, never fail to bear fruit. Fruitfulness in every season should be our goal. It's totally possible and promised and prophesied over each one of us, um, but we have a part to play. We have to steward and set our internal environment. Because listen, he that is in you is greater than is in the world. Super simple truth, but you have to work that stuff out. Sometimes you just have to hang on to it. So it's not good enough to settle for putting off fruit that doesn't, you know, I'm just not a gentle person, or to put things off to another time or a different situation. Do you remember this phrase? I've 
use this quote loads of time. Mary Pitches, who's writing about inner healing, says this. The words, um, this is the way I've always been, I can't change, are inappropriate for the Christian disciple. It's not good enough to say, I just don't do self-control. Not good enough. I'm just not very kind. Not good enough. Because you're made in the image of God and you should be increasingly being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So you do need to. It's not good enough to say, this is how it's always been. I can't change. That's just not true. That is partnering with lies and fear and condemnation and not faith. So all of the fruit is for all of us all the time. And God is working in us so that actually I want those fruits and I'm able to display those fruits, but I have to work that stuff out. I have to. Because we want to have fruit that remains. So we have to take responsibility for growing up and growing fruitful. I need to take responsibility for me. You need to take responsibility for you. To have fruit that remains so that we are sons and daughters who receive this beautiful inheritance but leave this amazing legacy. That's for all of us. It's not just for some super special Christians. It's for you to leave a legacy, to have fruit that remains. And so we have to be planted in healthy soil. We have to walk you know, and live abiding in Jesus and, and accessing the life of Jesus, him abiding in us. We have to live according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. We have to recognize that conflict and choose the spirit. And we have to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So listen, the simple thing at the end of this is, listen, we need more of the Holy Spirit. Actually, this is a season where God's promise is going to give us a gift of hunger. And it is, it's that, God, I need you more. I need to have more of you because I want to be fruitful. I don't want to, and I don't want to just be filled with the Holy Spirit, although that's the first step. We have to ask for more. Is that actually, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I need to commit to following the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of my life. So, why don't you stand and we're going to pray. I, I want to encourage you, some of that you've maybe kind of settled for... Um, Actually, fruit is fruits for other people, not me. Um, and leaving a legacy is for other people, not me. And actually, for us to recognize the amazing call on our lives, just in that verse where we started, actually that God has, he has called and chosen you and appointed you. He's purposefully planted you to bear fruit. And so, God, for any person here who just feels like that's for other people and not them, God, we just declare over them the promise of a fruitful life and fruit that remains, that they are purposefully planted to bear fruit. Thank you, God, that we're chosen. God, we're so thankful to be chosen and belonging to you. God, we are the richest people in the world because we belong to you. And But, God, we want to be fruitful. And I thank you that... Um, Thank you that you're so careful where you plant us. Thank you that you're a good gardener and you know what you're doing. And so, Father, we want to trust our lives into your hands again. And, and Father, I just pray over this amazing church family that they would, um, we just, Lord, I pray for a year of supernatural growth. Thank you, God, that it's, um, yeah, we're not limited by our natural. God, we're supernatural. And so, um, Holy Spirit, we just say, would you come and fill us again? We say we need more of you. You know, it's the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives and on our lives. It's the only way that this stuff is possible, folks. So I want to encourage you. Maybe that's you and you're like, do you know what? I you know, I need more of the Holy Spirit. The Bible totally sets this precedent that, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time deal. Um, and we can 
Jesus promises, actually, just come to me. Whoever's thirsty, just come, just come, just come. So Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each person again? Lord, we ask just for the life and the power and the presence of Jesus to be made real in our lives and to be real through our lives. Because Jesus, we, we want to look more like you. We want to display these beautiful fruits well. We don't want them to get... Um, we don't want them to get damaged or stolen and remain immature. Or we want to have fruitful lives and we want this fruit to last. Um, but we recognize we can't do that on our own. So Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us again? And Father, even as we enter into this week, we want to commit to following you, Holy Spirit, in every area of our lives, every situation we find ourselves in this week. I pray that we would just, we'd just take that moment to step aside and say, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? And we commit to follow you all our days, in every part of life. God, we want to follow you. And so I just declare um, that promise of Jeremiah. These are trees planted by water who never fail to bear fruit, whose leaves are always green. Father, we believe for fullness in every season and fullness and fruitfulness in every person. And we thank you that that is your heart for us and I thank you that that's your work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer team, I would lo- I'd love for you to come make yourself available. And um, listen, if there is, if you're like, actually, do you know what? I would really love someone to pray with me. Maybe you're like, actually, I really need more of the Holy Spirit. I really need that fresh touch of God to empower me. Then please, we'd love to pray with you. Um, if there are particular things in your external environment, if you like, that are challenging, that you're like, do you know what? That is making fruitfulness really difficult. Um, then we'd love to stand with you and just pray with you and just pray for more of the Holy Spirit's power that makes it possible for you to be fruitful. So if there's difficult things in your, um, in your life at the moment, if you're sick, if there's stuff financially that's difficult or relationships, we'd love to pray with you. Um, if there's some folks who are on one of our other um, prayer teams, you could come make yourself available, that'd be great. Um, so do come, we'd love to pray with you. Um, if you are a guest with us, please remember, come say hi at the um, info point. Um, do grab a... T- um, appointment in prophetic teams go and hear what good stuff God's got for you but otherwise have a great week I encourage you lean in and listen and really follow the Holy Spirit this week and I'm encouraged to hear good testimonies of what God's going to do in and through you this week so bless you have a great week